0: This is part two of a three-part series talking about the financial aspects associated with dental school. On Thursday, I talked about the cost of tuition slash living expenses while at dental school, and today I will be going over financial awareness and preparedness as it pertains to dental school. I will do this by informing you of the expenses to expect while studying for the DAT and applying to dental school. I will then go into what you can do to prepare for these upcoming costs. Part 3, which I will release next week, will consist of a conversation about thinking beyond just the income you can make as a dentist, as well as becoming financially educated. You're listening to the Read. Dentistry Pre-Dental Podcast. My name is Jordan Lundquist, and I'm here to help you get accepted into dental school. I had below average grades, but still gained admission into three dental programs, including my top choice, the University of Pittsburgh. No matter where you stand, this podcast serves to help you do the same. Abraham Lincoln once said, You cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. So, today is the day to prepare for the financial costs of becoming a dentist. Don't wait to worry about it for after dental school. And thank you, as always, for joining me. I really hope all of you are staying safe and doing well. Before I forget, I just wanted to thank those of you who have taken just a little bit of your time to leave this podcast such a wonderful and kind review. Those things do mean the world to me. And now, um, just moving forward here, I first wanted to talk briefly about the weekly newsletter I'm sending out on Wednesdays before I take just a quick 30 seconds to tell you how you can make your own podcast if you so choose. So, uh, the newsletter... You can click the link in the description box below to subscribe each week i'm answering your individual questions in the newsletter the first one went out last week and it already seems to be a resource pre-dental students are enjoying so please feel free to join the ride of the weekly newsletter and among the newsletter you will have access to my resume so you have an idea of what my dental school application looked like whenever I applied and just included on that resume. It's pretty much just going to be a link that'll give you access to a Google Drive. You'll be able to see like my personal statement, examples of some letters of recommendation I received, and also an example of how I asked for letters of recommendation from the professors. And I'm trying to think what else might be on there that would be useful to you. There's a lot of things on there. You just have to go and check it out. I know that I have a lot of the experiences listed that I Transferred over to the application. I don't have the actual ADEA sas application on there, but I have the information that I use to transfer onto that application. So just go and check it out. I think that you will find it useful. But to do that, you, all you have to do is subscribe to that newsletter by clicking on the link in the description box below. And I think you can also find that link on Facebook. I would have had it posted in the dentistry Future Dentist page. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And now just a quick 30 seconds to talk about podcasting. Okay, I just wanted to start off, lead off here. Baseball season's coming up, so that's pretty cool. So batting lead off is awareness and specifically studying for the DAT. And uh, if you already took the DAT, you might feel free to skip ahead a little bit here. And this might even be more applicable towards those who are a little further away from applying to dental school. So just skip ahead about a minute or two before you'll start to hear information that will be applicable towards you if you already took the DAT because you could be talking about this section just as well as I am right now because you know what you had to pay for in terms of studying for the DAT and then taking the DAT. But anyways, this whole first section in general is going to be on awareness, so I'm trying to bring awareness to the costs associated not only for studying, preparing for the DAT and taking it, but also for applying to dental school. And on Thursday, I talked about the actual cost of dental school, um, you know, pretty much like the average cost. I was focusing more on an article that I shared, and I think I provided the link to that article, in episode 49 description box and I definitely recommend that you check out that article if you haven't had the chance to do so already because it is definitely eye-opening pretty much what it is saying is the cost that's being advertised to you for tuition is incorrect that they are definitely um, it's almost like false advertisement so they're already saying that dental school is going to be really expensive but they're not telling you just how expensive and it the number can be atrocious. But anyways, if you want to go back and listen to the cost of dental school, the tuition slash living expense, you can listen to episode 49. But in this one, I'm specifically raising awareness about more pre-dental related dental school expenses. <laughs> I think that made sense. Anyways, um, yeah, moving ahead here for the study material for the DAT. It can be very expensive, uh, especially Kaplan courses. I want to say one of the Kaplan courses that I was looking at was about $1,000. $1,000. But um, what I want to say about this is studying for the DAT doesn't have to be expensive. Certainly, maybe there are um, testaments of those who took a Kaplan course and they felt really well-prepared, and I'm sure that that could easily be the case. Um, for me, I knew that wasn't going to be effective because I was never a very good in-class learner, and I personally found DAT boot camp to be sufficient along with some additional resources. But most of those resources were free outside of a book that I purchased a few years ago called Cracking the DAT. And included in that was like a program that came with like a disc, but the disc I never used. There was an access code where I could go on and take a, f- a couple of practice tests. I found that helpful. And then just skimming through the book in general, specifically the biology sections, because I did think DAT bootcamp was a little bit weak in the bio sections, although I do like their outline. Um, and I in no way endorse DAT Bootcamp. In fact, I really don't like DAT Bootcamp in terms of the Facebook page, but I do admit that they put together a really good program. So um, yeah, I would, I would recommend DAT Bootcamp, definitely, um, just because even though, you know, like my pride aside about my feelings about the Facebook page, I I'm only going to give you guys what worked for me and I personally feel that their program is superior in terms of cost and they just kind of cut straight to the point so the only thing I care about really is that you guys do well and um, I think that they have a really good resource for you to do well if you are preparing um, to take the DAT. And I, I just wanted to say I spent less than $500 on DAT prep material. And um, I think this, it's very doable and reasonable that you could spend less than $500 as well. And I know whenever I signed up for DAT boot camp, I think it was about $350. I didn't buy any of the extension packs. I, I, I didn't really think that that was necessary. So if you're wondering about that... Um, I don't think it's necessary, but, you know, it maybe it will be very helpful to you. I, I'm sure it wouldn't have hurt, but um, I did pretty well on the DAT, so I don't think that I don't have any regrets, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. And then I also used, like, I, I found a lot of free resources, like Jim Dr. Jim Romano. I found his Facebook page, and he actually does have a lot of stuff that's published for free. Um, I would recommend using him for math. Um, not, I I don't know if like the book is the DT destroyer book is, would be super helpful for the math. I'm sure that it might be, but the videos I I found to be sufficient. He has really good videos. I think that he has them posted on YouTube. So that's a good resource as well. And then I also, I've talked about this a lot before, but to learn more biology, there's this group, or there's this, uh, YouTube channel called the Amoeba Sisters, and they have a lot of really cool videos so so that that really helped me so I guess what i'm trying to say is um beyond d a t boot camp, I used a lot of free- res- resources that also helped me in preparing for the d a t and that really helped to keep the cost of the materials down um and then of course, another cost that or not the materials, but just the yeah, I guess the study materials the study resources because people are you know have historically dumped a lot of money into preparing for the DAT and it is a super expensive test so I am mindful of those who you know found that beneficial and so I don't really think that there's a set amount of money that you should or shouldn't spend on the DAT so long as you feel prepared and for me it took less than $500 to to feel prepared but um $360 to take the DAT that's what I currently have listed here so just be aware of that And then the dental school application. Once you submit, you know for those of you who already submitted, you know that you went in you on the ADE AdSAS website and the initial school. So the bare minimum to submit your application is two hundred fifty one dollars, and that's if you are only applying to one school. If you apply to two schools, after that initial two hundred fifty one dollars to the first school, you will pay one hundred eight dollars and so on. So for each additional school you'll keep paying $108 on top of $251, if that makes sense. After that, I'm sure some of you have already found out that you, there are supplemental applications to fill out. And those supplemental applications generally range from $45, $45 to $100. From my experience, I applied to nine schools. The most expensive supplemental application I filled out was to Tufts. And the least expensive one, I can't even remember. I just know there was one that was about $45. Maybe it was the, like, Buffalo or something. But, yeah, so just that that was one that kind of surprised me, to be honest. I, I didn't realize how expensive some of the supplemental applications were. And then moving forward here, interview. I have interview outfits for men slash women. Um, that's something that you might want to consider as well. I already had my suit picked out. Actually, I had pretty much all the things that I needed for interview day. However, I didn't quite fit my suit anymore. So something that I did is I got my suit altered and that can also be pretty expensive as well. So I had to go get it refit essentially. And if you're buying a suit for the first time or you just want to buy a new suit, they typically do the alterations for you for free. That's pretty much included and the price of the suit, so that's also something to keep in mind, for women, I don't really, I mean, yeah, just pretty much the only thing I'm going to say is that, um, obviously, it costs money to buy, you know, the the appropriate attire that you'll need for interview day, but um, since I'm not a woman, I'm not going to tell you exactly what to go out and buy, but I don't know if you guys noticed, I haven't really done too many posts about it yet, but you can go my YouTube channel if you haven't already, And I just posted a video about interview day attire. And that's specifically for men. But I left a link on there in the description box. And then I think also in the comment section to a video in which you can watch on dress attire for women. And that video was done by Macy Summer. And if you remember, Macy, I actually interviewed on this podcast about, I don't know, 20 episodes ago or so. And she put together a great video that I think would be a great resource for you in preparing for interview day. And then she also leaves some tips as well. So I would go and check that out. Um, and then I also wanted to say there's going to be, this is obvious, but it might be something that you're not thinking of right now that you're not planning for and budgeting. But just to bring awareness to it, the travel slash food costs for interview. Um, so depending on how many schools you go to and how many schools that or sorry depending on how many schools you apply to and how many schools you get invited to interview with this is going to be a huge factor in how you decide to budget your money because you have to plan to visit to those schools i don't know this year maybe because of the coronavirus they might be doing zoom interviews that would be really interesting i don't know if they'll somehow be able to do the interview day online but i'm assuming that that won't happen i don't know um but yeah, that can be pretty pricey as well. So just, just be aware of that. Um, and then, you know, if you're traveling across the country, obviously you're going to consider um, the cost of air travel instead of driving. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot this year. I definitely don't envy envy you in that situation. But I was able to keep my expenses down by using hotwire.com. They have a lot of cool travel deals on there. So I would suggest maybe visiting Hotwire for that stiff. And then just moving ahead here, I I pretty much I, I think I brought awareness to all the expenses in terms of, you know, pre-dental school that you should expect. I, I think, you know, covering all those, there shouldn't be too many other surprises. So now I want to go into the prepare section of this podcast episode. The first thing I wanted to talk about in which you can prepare, and the reason I'm listing this first is just so I don't forget it because when I was talking about your, the cost to apply to dental school, the dental school application costs, as well as the supplemental application costs, I do want to mention that just being aware that those things exist, you can prepare in a way in which maybe you can keep some of those costs down because there is the fee assistance program through ADEA. So if you haven't heard of that yet, it's simply a program that will allow you to have some of the fees waived for your dental school application. So it offers a waiver of the central app plus three school fees when you click submit on the ADSAS portal. So to be eligible for that, to be quite honest with you, I'm not really sure you might have to do some of that research on your own. This was actually brought to my attention by a student who's currently in the process of applying to dental school so i'm pretty much just relaying this information so it's cool as i do this you know i i even find out more stuff about this but i I think this is really um This is really important that I bring awareness to this, that this is out there so that you can, you know, as part of your preparation, you can prepare in a way that's going to limit some of these costs that um, I brought to your attention. And then also with that fee assistance program through ADEA, um, some of the schools will even honor it in such a way that they'll waive the supplemental application fee so that could potentially save you a lot of money but you know if you still haven't applied yet i would definitely look into that today or just as soon as possible and then i just want to tell you as well you can um, start looking into preparing by researching the available scholarships out there and i will tell you that a lot of these scholarships exist they might not exist specifically to dental school Although I'm sure a lot of them do exist because I even have received two individual emails for scholarship opportunities for dental school since being enrolled at Pitt. So a lot of times, like once you matriculate into a school, you'll start receiving emails from the dental school. And of course, they're going to notify you of opportunities for scholarships. But I can tell you that there are some more generalized scholarships that would be more like a like a health related scholarship and that could be, you know, undergrad or grad. There was one that I applied for. I don't think I received it, but, you know, at least I tried. Um and so I think that's always a really good thing to look into. For me, like I will admit that my I I wouldn't say laziness because I work really hard and I have a lot going on, but like I'll admit that I haven't done a great job at applying for these scholarships. I just never have. Like one of my weaknesses in life is honestly paperwork. I hate filling stuff out. Like it i i hate it with a passion i i hate um you know filling out my taxes every year and just anytime there's like paper that comes in the mail like i just want to scream and rip it up and yeah so that's <laughs> it's definitely i mean it's something that i'm trying to get better at but it's really hard and you know, a lot of times scholarships—it's just a ton of information that you are filling out. But I think a lot of times, if you fill out these scholarships, I wouldn't be surprised if you know you're the one who gets it because probably a lot of people think the way I do. So um, you never know unless you try. It's definitely worth your time because you can save a lot of money that way, and it would be a very wise thing to do. Um, and then just another way, like that, I've personally been preparing because I recognize that dental school is going to be super expensive, but a way to you know, keep down the cost. I guess would be to make money. You know, we can talk about tons of ways to save money, but you know, also you can look for ways to wake, uh, make money. So I know a lot of you. I didn't personally like have a job per se during my undergrad. However, I was in the Army National Guard, so that did require me to be gone for periods of time um, during. You know, and sometimes that was like during the school year, but usually at least one week and a month. And then, you know, there'd be your trainings, like usually I would be gone more in the summer, but sometimes I'd have to go away for a week. Um, But that's pretty much the only job I had. Other than that, it's not like I was getting done with my classes and then going and, you know, um, like serving smoothies at Jamba Juice or anything. But um, certainly, you know, if, if you're somebody who's been doing that, that's awesome. And, um, and then you kind of, I don't really need to, you know, tell you this because you've already looked for ways to make that additional money. But, um, you know, I I think it's something to consider. And then I have side hustle here. Like, one of the things that I do is, you know, I'm an artist, so I look for ways to sell my artwork. But also, I mean, a majority of the money that I've made has actually come from Uber, which here in Pittsburgh, like, if you're in Pittsburgh and you're listening to this, like, Uber has a really good opportunity to make money. Um, The market here is really good. So, um, yeah, a lot of these things, like, I've and that kind of actually goes into another point that if you already have like student loans from your undergrad, just if you can work on paying those off, because that's going to be one less thing that's going to accumulate interest while you're in dental school, because the loans that you're going to be taking out, they're going to accumulate a lot of interest. So I have a goal, I think I have about like, uh, maybe $5,000, 5000 more dollars in student debt left on those undergrad loans. And so here within the next two, months before I start dental school I'm hoping I can get most of those paid off. One of my loans is in a period of forbearance, which probably a lot of your loans are right now if you don't know what that means. It simply means that you're not required to make payments on your student loan right now and that there's no interest that's accumulating. So guys, guess what? Um my student loans, I think one of them it was it was just from my freshman year. I didn't really have to take out student loans. Um during my last three years at BYU-Idaho because the school out there was pretty cheap for me and I had some scholarships. But um, at Penn State Altoona back in 2012, I want to say I have a loan that I had to pay back. At the time, it was like $6,000, six point $6, $6. five thousand dollars that I owed. But after interest, I've already paid $1,300 just in interest. So if I would have paid that all off, I mean, I've already paid about almost... the the full $6,500 towards that amount. But yeah, it's, I'm not done paying that yet because of that interest. And so, yeah, that's definitely something to be mindful of. So if you can get that paid off as soon as you can, um, you know, by applying maybe for scholarships or by just working, you know, jobs, doing your side hustle, I would definitely recommend that because, um, yeah, it's just, it's just the principle of having money work for you and not against you right now because I'm in debt. Money is working against me, unfortunately, but I'm doing my best to, um, get those things paid off because these, um, like I got my financial award letter for dental school and, you know, Pitt's one of the, probably one of the cheaper schools if you're an in-state resident at least. And, um, like $95,000 is what I'm eligible for for the first year and so a lot of that takes into account tuition and then living expenses so if I were to take out that full amount that's how much I'm going to owe back plus I will be letting interest um, accumulate and that starts from the day that you actually take out that loan so yeah that's um, definitely something to consider but just another way that you can prepare is to prepare is just through budgeting I don't know like how much you guys have gotten into budgeting but that's pretty much breaking down all of your expenses into certain categories and allocating how much you can spend each month in those categories and you know just always making sure like a proper way to budget is to make sure that you are um, the point of budgeting is so that you are spending less than what you make and I understand that if you're in school maybe you don't have a job right now but that still doesn't mean you can't budget because you're going to have to try to develop control and the ways in which you spend your money that you've been that you've taken out for school because while a lot of that's gonna go to tuition, a lot of it goes towards, you know, your cost of living. So you kind of dictate where those funds go, like how much you actually need to live on. But um I, I you know, I'm I'm not a budgeting expert. Like I'm not going to pretend like I'm I'm super good at this because fortunately like my wife is pretty good at the budgeting aspect and she does a lot of our budgeting so um, you know, maybe it it would behoove you to just kind of look up ways in which you can start budgeting. Um, because it, it really does make it just, you you know, once you can have like a more clear picture of your finances, it seems like it makes it more doable just to kind of break it down that way. And once you're more mindful of your spending, um, you know, you can start to develop, you know, really good habits when it comes to money. And so, um, you know, when, when you get your, uh, award your financial award packet and you get your loan like don't go and buy you know a whole bunch of stuff from gucci or don't go buy a whole bunch of guacamole you know make sure you're you're buying the things that you need and then um uh, you know uh unfortunately like we're st- i'm still going to be a poor college student for at least the next four years so it would seem and then even after dental school like i'm gonna have all that money to pay back so i'm gonna have to live like i'm a poor college student. And, um, but it's okay because I've been doing that for a while now. Like I'm, I'm 26 years old, so I'm, I'm pretty used to it. I'll uh, make sure too, that you're looking to FAFSA, um, like, you know, the Pell Grant, like if you are fi- if you like file your taxes independently, I know that you would probably be eligible for more money in that regard. And then also like if you're married and have kids like myself, you know, the, the, that, um, the amount that you're awarded through the Pell Grant only goes up. I know that like when I first applied to college because my dad is a dentist, like they made an income that was, you know, my dad had an income that was too high for me to qualify for financial aid. But now I do qualify for a financial aid because I obviously I, I file independently from my parents. I, I file jointly with my wife. So and then having a kid, too, that also increases the amount that we are allotted for school. And I already applied for that for this upcoming year. So. Um, the other thing I want to stu- that I want to talk about um, in terms of ways that you can prepare for these costs is just to make sure you're studying money from reputable sources. And I acknowledged in the last episode that money is one of those things that, unfortunately, we weren't really taught in high school or pretty much at all during the educational system, the public educational system. And uh, that's a shame because it's something that so many people struggle with that I believe less people would struggle with if they... Uh, appropriately taught it. But why don't they teach in schools? You know, I I guess I'll leave that uh, up to you to decide. But there are ways in which we can educate ourselves on money. But make sure, I, my advice is just to make sure you're getting that advice from reputable sources. I am not a reputable source to tell you how you can, you know, save money and, and make money. I can relay to you some of the things that have been taught to me, but ultimately it would be I I would suggest seeking those sources out, you know, directly from people who are experts in that field. Um, I can just tell you that it's important. I think that goes without say, you know, it's important to learn about money and just realize that this is something that affects a lot of dentists. And because you're preparing to be a dentist, you know, just to be mindful of it because it is dental schools are just insanely, insanely, insanely expensive. Um. So yeah, don't, don't just go and find random people on YouTube running ads that say uh, they made 100K during their first month doing some odd thing because you've heard this before. If it sounds too good to be true, it it probably is. I hate those ads so much. Like I'm going and I'm trying to watch you know, some YouTube video I'm interested in, and they play the ad in the beginning, and it's like, hey guys, you know, uh, click here on this link, and I'm going to tell you how you can make $100,000 like I did my first month, and it's so easy, it's like, no, like, come on, man, like, that is total clickbait advertising, like, if that's true, then you know what, I really regret everything I did the last however many years to get into dental school, because, uh, yeah, I I didn't realize it would have been that easy to make such a comfortable uh, living. So maybe there are some stories that are true, but uh, just realizing that people have their own agendas when it comes to trying to sell you financial advice. So um, also, you know, and, and you'll hear this advice a lot if you study finances from some of the experts is, you know, pretty much all of them will tell you to avoid get rich quick schemes and I saw this. I saw this at college. Like I remember being in an organic organic chemistry class and like the kid behind me or sorry, the kid beside me like he was just constantly on his phone like, you know, trading, uh, you know, buying and trading stocks and just um it, it's, it's almost like gambling if you're doing. I think it's called like um retail investing, which is pretty much like, you know, you're buying and selling off stocks all within the period of a day. And, you know, you can, you can certainly get a lot of money that way, but you can certainly lose a lot of money that way. So like, to be honest with you guys, I used to gamble and, um, I can tell you that it is such an instant gratification whenever you win money, but I was hardly ever able to hold on to it because I was just chasing that feeling again. And really like, once you get that money, it's not even like, like you're just not satisfied. Like you're more like infatuated with the um, with the rush involved with the actual process of gambling and so sometimes like a lot of these stock trainings can be the same type of psychological effect because you're making such a large amount of money in a short period of time that clearly you want to do that again tomorrow but then tomorrow comes and you know like the certain stock you were investing in just you know had a horrible day and then I mentioned you know learning about money from some of the experts And I just wanted to give you some, with that, I wanted to give you some recommendations to some books that I've read. And these aren't specifically money or, you know, financial books, but they are books that will help you to find, look for ways to find success in life. And these are books that are very, where you can gather a lot of insights that will help you in many areas of your life and ones that have just really motivated me to improve myself in so many areas where I find that I'm deficient in. And so the first one, this is probably my favorite book I've ever listened to, and I listened to it on Audible. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And then another really good book I just finished was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. There was another book. This is more specifically related to the financial aspects uh, of life that I really know so little about. And I found it to be really good, and it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, there's probably some aspects of that book that you might not like very much because in a way, like, he kind of trashes, like, the traditional uh, methods of pursuing, like, um, you know, a field to become a doctor. But, I mean, it, it there is a lot more to it than that. Like, just because you you know you're trying to become a dentist or a doctor that doesn't mean that you are just like a guinea pig and you're just trying to do it for the money and stuff because there's certainly a lot of dentists and doctors who make more money outside of you know being an actual practicing professional because they are very well educated with finances and and their investments so um yeah just i i guess like there's certain things that like you know when i'm like reading books or when i'm listening to advice or you know things that i want to learn about like just because they say something that i disagree with it doesn't necessarily mean that all of the things that i agreed with are certainly wrong so i think it's just about being able to identify some of the things that you think might work for you and then just taking with a grain of salt some of the things that you know seem a little bit silly but yeah that's what i'll say about that book And then uh, Dave Ramsey, he kind of fits in that category as well. I don't know if you guys know Dave Ramsey. You should check out his YouTube channel. Like, this guy, he's, like, the complete opposite of making money, of, like, you know, the advice to make money. He's all about, like, saving, saving, saving money or else you're going to die. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. But, yeah, he is totally about, like, paying off your debts and stuff. So he's definitely, like, a really good counterbalance to the people who tell you, you know, just... Win in your investments and things like that but I think he does offer a lot of really good advice um, and you know I'm mentioning these people because you know they they have had a track record of success and I think that that gives them credibility but and then also just kind of learning like the basics I feel like is really important because the basics aren't taught so right now I'm reading um, personal finance for dummies because that's definitely my level right now just literally trying to um, learn what compound interest means and some of these other terms that we hear so often. But it's like, do I really know what that even means? Like, you know, those words are just tossed out there as if I was supposed to know because my education was so great in high school and in middle school or whatever. But, um, another thing too, um, about, uh, you know, talking about learning from people who have actually done it, they're, was somebody who I mentioned in the last episode, whose name is Travis Hornsby. And he gives information specifically to dentists. I think their websites like studentloanplanner.com or .org. And yeah, they give specific advice. And I, I thought a lot of it was really good because it's stuff that you can't really find specifically anywhere else in terms of um, you know, the financial aspect and dentistry. And so he's He's worked with tons of dentists and so he knows all about you know the loans we have to take out and you know the methods by which we have to pay it back and just all the other programs that are to fund dental school so that's a really good resource to check out his content but then there's white coat investor which is a podcast that I've mentioned before and he literally walks you know he he gives a lot a lot of his podcast episodes are more so on the topic that I'm talking about right now but obviously from a much more like expert opinion and just going into things that um, you know, to consider from a financial aspect with the um just healthcare related professions. So I'm not going to say too much more about that. You just have to check out what he has to see what I'm what I'm talking about. But then also, um, this is just kind of to get you thinking a little bit more about um just just possibilities and innovation and ways in which you can learn about money from like literally the best examples that would come to any of our minds. So this is thinking a little bit on a larger scale, thinking bigger and being very ambitious. But think about companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Walmart. So Amazon's Jeff Bezos, Microsoft's Bill Gates, Apple would be, um, why am I dropping his name right now, Steve Jobs, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, and then Walmart, Warren Buffett. So like, I think it's really interesting to go back and study like how these companies emerged. And just to kind of study like, the mind of these people who built these like super power companies like these giant companies like what were the principles that they learned and like you know what were the things that they were doing because they obviously had a very good grasp of economics and so I would just kind of like encourage you to go and just study some of those things because I think those are definitely, you know, to learn about money. I think it's so much better to do it from people who have a track record than to do it from some random Joe Schmo on YouTube. I hope that makes sense. But anyways, that's what I have for you guys today. And I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please feel free to share with somebody else. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If so, please share it with someone else who you think might benefit from it. Also, please reach out to me on Instagram at reed.dentistry underscore podcast or on Facebook at Jordan Lundquist if you're interested in subscribing to the weekly newsletter. In this newsletter, you will benefit from further personal advice and guidance to help you in your individual adventure into dental school. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Your support means so much to me. Remember to click on the links below in the description so you can keep up to date with the latest info from this podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Please join me again on Thursday for another amazing episode. And until next time, peace.